Welcome to The Fader Interview. I'm Alex Robert Ross, Editorial Director of The Fader. Paris, Texas is fine with being put in a box, as long as they're the ones closing the lid. In a music scene where genre blending has become the standard, the duo of California rapper producers Louis Pastel and Felix are among a handful of acts whose combination of rap and rock feels organic and homegrown, blending together in a cathartic haze of distortion. There's high concept here too. They approach every project like a movie, complete with its own storyboard and script. Both Louis and Felix grew up listening to rap music, but took vastly different approaches as they reached their late teens. Felix embraced the then new frontier of the blog era, while Pastel settled more into the worlds of rock and rock adjacent sounds. They met for the first time in college and bonded over Florida rapper Rob Banks before deciding to work together. It would take a handful of years of live performances and tossing ideas around before they released their debut EP, I'll Get My Revenge in Hell, in 2018. And the world would have to wait until 2021 to hear what would become their signature sound on heavy metal, a firecracker single from their debut album, Boy Anonymous. Midair, their new album, coming Friday, is Paris, Texas at their most focused and confident. Much of the writing confronts their status as outsiders, their feelings of loneliness, and not fitting into certain perceptions of blackness. But even at their most thoughtful and reflective, they never fail to come through with the kind of bangers geared to punch holes through concrete. With Midair, Paris, Texas proved that the runaway success of heavy metal was no fluke. Their world is one of bold emotion and heavy step. A few days before the release of Midair, Fader contributor Dylan Green sat with the duo to talk about movies, how every Paris, Texas project is a timestamp, the pros and cons of the pop-punk revival, artist versus listener perceptions of their music, and much more. When did y'all first see the movie Paris, Texas? Uh, way after we named ourselves that. He still hasn't seen it. Yeah, I still haven't He seen hasn't it. seen it at all. No. Oh, damn. <laughs> okay, so what did you think of Paris, Texas? I'll be real with you, man. Two things. That name is just hard. So I think people kind of gravitate towards it. Like I'm a cinephile, and I'm, but I'm also not pretentious. But I feel like that's the one you can kind of bring up. And like you get everybody's ears horny. And you sound really cool when you bring it up. Where you're like, oh, the cinematography. But like the story's kind of bled to me. There's like certain white movies that are cool when they kind of go through their weird little existential shit. That one's not one of them. I'm just like, bro, I don't give a fuck about that movie like that. Why did y'all settle on the name Paris, Texas? Like outside of the fact that it just sounded hard. Like why was it like, oh, this is us? It was mainly just about like both places respectively and like just them being polar opposites. So that just worked for us in terms of like how niggas grew up. And like the music that we make too, and like our interests, you know, juxtaposed to like what the norm is. <laughs> Nobody else is really, at least that I know of, nobody else doing it like how we're doing it, at least. And what is that exactly? Making these bangers, nigga. Just straight up bangers. Heaters, dog. Even the shit y'all haven't heard, like, bro, you just can't do it.
I can't think of a lot of songs that sound like Bullet Man right now. That's all I know. People still sleep, man. That's still crazy. I thought that was gonna be our biggest song, and everybody's like, "Oh no, we like Panic." Like, man, suck my dick. <laughs> Things are sleeper hits sometimes. The singles damn near are the sleepers. Yeah, in juxtapose, like to everything, but then it's like people are still gonna, you know, they're gonna choose. I guess it's a good problem to have, but it's like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Our singles remind me of what happened before to Pimp Butterfly. Do you remember when Pimp Butterfly was coming out and you're like, what the fuck are we getting ourselves into? Like coming off a of good kid, Mad City, and control, and you're like, I love myself. You're like, okay, I don't know if I'm gonna like this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so now I gotta know, what do y'all think the sleeper's gonna be? Of all the track, what's the one you expect to hit like two weeks after the album drops? I feel it's gonna be full English just because it's like the simplest for people to understand. Like it's like funny. I remember I played it for Kenny. And he's like, oh, this is like, Jesus has dreads. Okay. And like, that song is like, people will hit me up like, why is it not out on Spotify? Like, what is it? Like, that's like, a, that's like a sleeper for us. And I feel like that was going to be the one where people are like, they just, it's going to be really fun for them. Like, that's the song you show somebody that's not a fan of us. And then like, they get the idea. Like, I think they're going to be like, oh, this is funny. Oh, okay. Take me back a little bit to before the two of you met. When did music come into each of your lives? as like capital M music for you? I was 13 years old and music crept in my room while I was sleeping and really just came into me right Oh my God. Oh my God. Fader's like, cut them off. Wait. Right, right. I thought they were indie. I thought they were good people. Now I got to see music at the Thanksgiving dinners and it's kind of awkward. Oh, uh, no, hey. I, was, I was probably like, I don't know. I'm probably like this mad young. I don't know. Being black, it's just like a party. I would I, get into it, but it's just like, I was mad young. I think the time from where like, I'm a try was like, oh, nine. I think when I was like, oh, I'm a listen, like adapt, like my brain was still morphing. was like probably like college dropout, like that time. That's when I was like, all right, like I'm just listening. And I'm like, okay, crazy. Like, this is just cool. This feeling is just crazy. But like, yeah, it's just always been like MTV. Like when niggas used to just sit up and watch MTV all day and shit. Like niggas was watching Missy videos. Niggas was watching, yeah, whatever the gorillas videos. It's like nigga. <laughs> I don't know. Like when do you think you harped on it though? Like when do you think like niggas was like, all right, like I'ma try. I was bro, I was 19. I was like 15 for sure. Like I was yeah. like dabbling. Right. Yeah. I was, I was I was like, oh, just like a hobby. Around like 19, I was like, okay. Yeah. I fuck with this a little bit more than I'm admitting. Cause right. I did not I didn't want to be a musician. That was not my dream. And then, you know, like y'all met around 2013 and were introduced by a mutual friend who got y'all into Rob Banks. No, 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 no. Our friend didn't get into Rob Banks. We knew about him separately. And then I was going around because I started listening to rap again. I wasn't listening to rap for a long time. I went to go talk to bro. And I, and I was on all my friends, like my brother and all these people. And I was like, yo, what do you think about Rob Banks? Everybody's like, oh, this is ass. This is terrible. This is terrible music. And I was like, what's going on? I was like, I was like, I feel like this is fire, but it was like, it was like the first mixtape I was like running back a lot and just learning a lot from. And I feel like like we were just the same age, like Rob and I, and so it was like I'm just like, oh, this is getting like a coolest perspective. And I was like, yeah, I just fuck with this dude. I don't know why. And then when I was talking to Felix, he was like, no, this shit tight. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not tripping. And then he just started exposing me to like more shit, and we like go back and forth. Both of y'all had like wildly different relationships like to rap music at that time. You know, like Louie, I know you were into like math rock and like post-hardcore shit. Felix, you were like really into like blog era shit and just like really 
like super duper tapped in. So like talk to me about when y'all first came together and started sharing with each other like different types of music and when y'all first decided that rap was going to become the end goal. Like um, Louis, with you in particular, like not only am I back in this rap shit, like I'm going to make it with my man. When did that first start? It was before I met him, actually. So before I met him, I started like dabbling more into rap. There's like a lot of music I was into during a certain era that I could just see was dying. And I also was like, I'm black. Me trying to go into those spaces is way, 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 way harder than you might possibly imagine, especially back then. Yeah, it's like, it's just like, okay, like I'm from Compton. No one around me is listening to this music. No one around me is even in a band. And then even they are, they're like weirdly like, I don't know, it's weird going to Carson. But like, and I wouldn't put on the costume. I feel like a lot of times when you like go to Warp Tour and you go to these places back then, like they expect you to put on the p- costume. And I'm like, I'm not going to be a black dude that perms his hair and wears Naruto shit. So like, and I was, that's why I went to high school with two kids who like were about the screamo shit. And like, I was like, we looked up to them. I remember them doing a talent show and they just did it. They just like went on stage and started screaming and doing the heavy shit. I, I remember how that looked. And I was like, I'm good on that. Like, shout out to y'all for being brave. But fuck no. When I got out of high school, I was just like, yeah, like, like I like doing this thing. I wasn't chasing it for like any type of notoriety, honestly. It was just like, oh, I really like this and I like liked movies and I like to think about like, I like creating a storyline or creating a thing. Even when I came to Felix with like ideas, there was like always a script on the side. We're gonna do this project. We're gonna have like a, a short film on the side of it. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna do this. We're gonna keep doing that. So that's always been the goal was to do the film stuff over the music stuff. Yeah. And rap was just the easiest way. Yeah. The gateway for like your first project, like I'll get my revenge in hell. Like, how did everything that you just said there apply to putting your first project together? Uh, we we were just like people were waiting too long because we had a lot of friends that were supporting us, and it was like so long where we just like performed with nothing out, and people were like, "What's your SoundCloud? Like, we don't got one. What's your Instagram? We don't got one. Like, what's your this? We don't got one." And so I'll get my revenge in hell was like us being like, "All right, we got to put all this shit out." Like, we were like we met these kids. And they were like helping us do like visual stuff and like gave us like a place to record. And then I was like, all right, let's just like do this thing. Like it wasn't even like that. That project is so like here, like 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 it was just so, like here, like here you go. Like is the current the status like the status update at the time of like where the music was at. How long have y'all been performing before you decided to actually put music out? It's been since 2014, 15. There was like a four year in between of rapping together, performing, and then putting music out. That's like a four or five year gap of like us doing all that. Looking back on that five years later, how do you feel about it considering how your styles um, morphed and mutated? You know, it's funny. I haven't even listened like to that project in full. Like I remember everything that's on it. I just haven't listened to it like sound wise, even just to see like the growth over time. I guess even now I'm like, I don't even know. I guess just getting more comfortable with like our voices too from that time. Cause that project is like very like, the only song that like isn't in like even like tuned up or like I don't know it's like the last song I think. Oh, uh, you could even tell with that project too. That's like the resources were so much smaller, just on like sound wise. Like that's like all like Louis on a keyboard, like on the computer keyboard. I don't even think any piano, any piano or any other instrument was just all like digital. It was all like VST or like <laughs> niggas just playing on the computer. Well, get my revenge in hell is like such like a training thing. I'll just look at I'm I'm mad like ego driven. So I'll always read like what like blogs and like not blogs but like forums and like weird little discords are saying about it. And sometimes people be like, Oh, you could tell like this is just blah 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 and it's like, bro, we was just trying shit. 
But. Yeah, yeah. Like we only kept it up because I'm like, I'm like, yo, like it's just here for proof that we existed before Boy Anonymous. I'm in my head. I'm like, oh, people are gonna think we just came out of nowhere and we just got like got fed into the industry and shit like that. I'm like, yo, like listen to this project if you think it's ass. What the fuck ever. Like, mm-hmm. but you need to know we existed before. What's your next steps between Revenge and Boy Anonymous? So here's the thing. Here's a secret. Boy Anonymous is really 2019. So it was like a couple months after I'll get my revenge in hell. Like it was like shortly after. We were like, all right, like this is like the plan. It's like the game plan. And even the original game plan wasn't what came out. It was like just what we were able to do at the time. But there's still a lot of things with Boy Anonymous that I wish we could go back and like redo or add to. Or like I don't I can just tell, even when I listen from like Boy Anonymous to Midair, there's a lot of maturity from the three projects. Like from going from I'll get my revenge in hell. We're saying stuff without saying stuff. Like there's like snippets of shit, but like we're still like you can hear we're practicing. We can hear that we're like trying to figure it out and like going into different areas or being more comfortable trying shit out. And then now I feel like we're at the level where like, all right, we know how to say and we know how to talk about certain things and do certain things. There's a lot of songs during that era that we were doing it where like we had separate verses where we're saying a lot of stuff, but they just didn't make it to Boy Anonymous. And for me, I'm like, if it doesn't sound good, like within like the first hour to me I'll, I'll throw the song away or like it'll just be in a locker i'm really interested in the idea of all of these different projects of yours being like status updates or like timestamps of like this is who louis and felix are in 2018 in 2019 in 2021 you know like and then of course you know like 2021 rolls around and heavy metal happens and you know like you were saying before it catches everybody by surprise like i don't want to call it seismic that feels kind of dramatic but like that was the first time i remember hearing people be like oh this paris texas group like who's paris texas you know talk to me about the reaction to heavy metal and and you know just like how it opened doors to everything that's come since i'll be real with you kind of sucked mm. like it was tight but it was like felt really weird at the time because we were excited because it came out. Then immediately, I think people felt like it was a thing. Like they try to put it into like a box. I don't, it's just funny. I don't even mind the box if it's yeah. the right box. box. Yeah. yeah. If it's the right box, I don't care. If like somebody's like, here's the box. It gets a bunch of hoes and a lot of money. I'm like, I'll fuck with that box. I don't, I'm not mad about that box. Like, I'm, not, I'm not mad at yeah, that. I'm not mad, I'm not mad at the. Yeah. It was just like immediately people were like, blank, blank, blank. It's blank. It's blank. I'm like, yo, it's really not those things right. like you gotta really like peel back the layers i'm not like a person that's like i'm trying to be the biggest artist ever but it was a lot of people might go on a little rant there's a lot of people who were in a certain fan base that were really really gatekeepy it really like weird about our music and like so it was like it spread but it spread amongst like the artists in the industry so it was like it seemed like when we came out, there was like a like a weird reset where people are like, oh, we doing this shit again? Like, not in a bad way, but like, oh, like finally, like this type of art again, mm-hmm. like this type of thing again. Mm-hmm. So it was like a weird thing. Like, there was like a torch, like an invisible torch that got passed to us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but it sucks because like, yo, we're not really those things. Mm-hmm. Not to be, oh, I don't want to say any names, but yeah, they kind of put us in like a thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like nothing's worse than like people already having your trajectory in mind right yeah there's like a very particular evolution that goes on from anonymous to uh, red-handed kimbo to midair talk to me about how you fine-tuned your sounds 
and fine-tuned what you wanted to say and how you wanted to say it and the way the sounds came out. It's funny because with Boy Anonymous, it was like the rap rock thing. But I kind of say I say a lot in in Red Hand Akimbo. Not a lot, but I like bring it up in like the first song. And I was like, the rap rock thing was never intentional. It was just like, I have a guitar and let's do the thing. But with Red Hand, I was like, oh, y'all fuck with this. All right. Like, let me show you what this sounds like if I took it seriously. Because with Heavy Metal, it was like, I just had a guitar thing. And I was like, oh, this sounds cool. And like, it was never intentional to be like, to continue down that path. If people heard the beats I was making before that project, they'd be really shocked. But I think once Buenamis came out and people were receptive to like Heavy Metal, it was like, oh, this gives me the confidence to pursue it some more. It was like a part of myself that I was pushing down for like a long time. Oh, well, not pushing down because I didn't want to be. It was just like every time I would show people the type of music I was into before rap, it was like so looked down upon. It's funny because like even now, like people kind of wear it on the sleeves now that they fuck with it. But like when they bring up certain shit, I'm like, oh, you don't really fuck with it the way I fucked with it. You're fucking with it because it's like it looks cool to be the black person that's not a monolith amongst everybody else. So it's like you'll get an interview with somebody and they're like, Oh, black kids that listen to rock growing up. What'd you listen to? Paramore. And uh, I listened to Panic at the Disco. And it's like, oh, yeah. And it's like, okay, like, no shit. Like, right. everybody heard that it was pop music, dickhead. Like, not, not even be like, you know what I'm saying? It's like a it's like a white person be like, yeah, I know who Drake is, but I listen to, like, you, that does, you don't get any points for that. And so for me, it was like a lot of that part that was like, I was pushing down because it was like, I was not, even now, like, I'll go into studio sessions with certain people who were like, and I'll show them shit I liked. And they're like, oh, you like that? I'm like, yeah, because I really fucked with it. Like, I really fuck with certain things. And so Red Hand and, like, things after Heavy Metal was just me being like, all right, let me embrace this part of myself that I've been pushing down for so long. And, like, really put people on and really show people how to do it and not be so, like, on the nose. Because I feel like everybody who, like, comes from those, even white people are guilty of this too, but they're like, uh, pop punk revival. And I'm like, yo, the way you guys are doing it is like, like that shit died for a fucking reason. Like, let's be very real. Like, it's tight. Uh, and I fuck with it still. But like, that type of music died for a very specific reason. And the reason why people like in the last couple of years have been able to like really do it right. Speaking on like Trippy and Juice and X was because they were doing it over hip hop beats. That's what made it special was that like they formed a new instrument. They used 808s and all these things that you use usually for like hip hop beats and they made it something different. That's what was cool about them and how they did it. And I'm like, all right, like I'm not going to do that because they've already done it. I'm not going to be a pop punk guy because that's just corny. I'm just going to do the way I know how to do it. Like one day I'll, I'll have a book and people will know how I did it particularly, <laughs> but <laughs> like where I pull from. And usually people are wrong with shit. Felix, once that sound started to take off, how did you feel about going in that direction and just like integrating yourself into that? I think initially because of like, even speaking like what he was saying about that side of, especially just rock music, we already knew what the landscape was for that sound. And I was like, man, I hope niggas don't think like this is just it. Like it just stops here. Like this is the ceiling or like this is the box to be put in. Obviously there's a lot of influence from that genre, but I was like, it's kind of what people were choosing to hear that was like in the foreground of the background. And most of those times, which is like, that's most people who listen to music. It's like, they listen to the soundscape, but even then it's like, there's much more going on than just the guitar. There's much more going on with like how niggas are, are choosing to rap. Like granted, there's going to be overlap of, or like reminiscence of like certain genres or like rock genres that like how we perform them. Like, I think I remember having this, like a very loose conversation with Lou where I was like, 
man, I hope niggas just don't think that's what it is. Cause like, it's not just that. I was hoping like both sides would get equal treatment, but it, it never works though. You just like, you lean into one more than the other. And then I think over time, people will see the way you like, depending on how you bleed them together. Even on this project, too, I'm just so curious to know what people are going to say. Like, I'm very, very curious to know like how the world's going to think about it. Yeah. Cause I'm like, now I'm like, all right, now what do you say? Yeah, now. Yeah, yeah I'm like, now what do you say when this happens? <laughs> You got at like the germ of what you wanted to say on Boy Anonymous, and you've kind of been working toward that. And I feel like midair is where like, like, especially lyrically, like y'all are like really like digging into your lives and just like your like positions. There's like multiple allusions to getting over feelings of loneliness and not fitting into a certain kind of blackness. And like, I'm intrigued by the idea of midair playing into that like sense of stasis where it's like, where do I belong? I'm going to make my own space. What does the idea of midair like mean to y'all? Like, why was that the title you chose for this project? Uh, it was none of those things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just literally just being in the the midst of when well, I just thought the name sounded cool originally, and then my manager was like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense though, because like you guys are like in between, like you took off, but you don't know if you're gonna go any higher, you're gonna fall." So like this project is kind of that it's like it's all over the place there's no like real meaning behind any of it there's two of us so sometimes it's hard to lyrically align yourself with each other because we're such different people even though we're the same it's just like we're just saying as much as we can from both sides and just kind of letting people know it's just another status update obviously there's like some themes of wanting to be somewhere else mostly like wanting to be different which is funny like not different in like yourself, but like wanting to not be where you're from and wanting to go somewhere else and like that place not even being that great. That's what like New Whip is weirdly about. Like if you listen to that verse, it's like, all right, I got all this money, neck, but like it's changing how I think. It's like I can go to therapy money. Like I got this now I'm Republican money. Like I got so much money that like now my views on like on my political status is different now. Like things like that nature. Even like lift off, where it's like everybody's safe until lift off being right next to each other is such like a tight idea. Because everybody's safe until is like this tongue in cheek look at like, all right, it's very, very likely we're dying from these things around us. We're like taking a look at it and like revealing it and be like, damn, it's like self-destruction. It's like society making it okay to like pop pills and be a pop star. Like it's like doing that. And like it's things that are here and then lift off is like, all right, I'm leaving. (laughs) Like it's like I'm leaving whatever I think this is. Uh, which is like why Mars is such a good allegory. It's like I believe in whatever this is and going somewhere else and doing something else. And then you go all the way to Ain't No High, which is like, oh, I'm ch- like I don't care how people see me or how my family sees me or how anything's going. Cause I'm chasing a high. That's like that like makes me want to be here. I don't care if I'm disowned for it. I'm chasing this thing because I need to go somewhere else. And that song is weirdly not about drugs. <laughs> Talking to y'all and hearing about the process just makes me appreciate this is something I'm going to sit with for a while. 
this isn't just like a thing where it's like, oh, I got this whole thing figured out. I don't need to hear this again. This is something that's like, it's going to change the way that I look at the project now. And I already came into it with one expectation and now I'm coming out with something completely different. So that's always fun to me. And, and you're like, to me, the, to me, like some of the best music leans into that. Let's say we, we all the time try to figure out what it's about too. Mm-hmm. It's why I like kind of doing press things. I like, I'm like, damn, what was it about? <laughs> like, when I listen back, like every time I listen back to it, and I listen to it a lot. I'm like, dang, this is like crazy how like what this means to me. It's like it's on so many layers, like the whole rollout and everything, like every video, every song, like it just means a lot. Sometimes it's it's hard to like even pin it down to like one thing mm-hmm. or like one overarching thing, which I know kind of sucks because I know like people like intention sometimes. Mm-hmm. There was intention in some areas that probably didn't get to play all the way out, but yeah. it's cool that people can grab anything from it. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's always fire to me. Another thing to kind of, you know, like bring it back full circle with the whole idea of movies we were talking about before, like these videos, man, like you were saying that like the film and just like the visual element of your music has been such an important thing. And just like, I think I mentioned it before, but like this bullet man video is really maybe the coolest video I've seen all year. Just like aesthetically and technically, it's just like a really cool idea that's just like funny and like tongue in cheek, but also like kind of scary too. Talk to me about like how the Bullet Man video came together. Like I know y'all wrote it, but like where did the idea come from and like how do you feel it fits in with the song itself? There was supposed to be a video for Bullseye and we were meeting with some director and I had an original idea. And he was like, oh, I don't want to do that because I hate violence without a point. And that was like the birth of Bullet Man. And I was like, okay, dickhead, I got you. And then I was watching something. And I was like, oh, I got inspired. And I was like, all right, this is like the way to do it. And I want to talk about this thing that's like going on in the world. And I think it's like funny because I recorded that song like last year. That's probably like the first song I got done, weirdly enough. But working on it, I was just like, yeah, it's like really funny because it's a really funny idea that like, like I just was like, oh, like this, let's take this like, this gun barred song and put it over rock instruments and then like put it onto like this video. It's like the idea that this is like a rap rock beat, which is like usually white, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. And then like us still rapping, like we're like NBA young boy or some other shit like that. It's like the same concept as a video where it's like this white kid who thinks he's black and the dad being upset that the, you know what I'm saying? Being upset that thing like black culture is kind of taking over or some shit like that so that's where it kind of stemmed from especially when i got the song done i was like okay i got like this idea that i originally had like i know where to place it like because it is funny how that song is just all gun bars (laughs) it's just all about shooting shit and it's like let's see how that sounds if you put it over like a white beat and like let's see like even that idea where it's like you guys love they love looking at our situation and love playing it to like the nth degree like always listen like being fans like mm-hmm. trap Laura ross is a thing that's so scary well you guys are really studying us and doing this thing it's like all right let's take your genre that you guys love so much and like let's see what happens if you like you know what i'm saying let's talk about you guys weird ass shit mm-hmm. yeah like let's let's go ahead and do that for a second because like you guys don't hell's angels does not have a, a artist under their name mm-hmm. but every gang we have does there's no like Nazi rock star. It's like it's like let's go ahead and put that on the forefront right now. But like everything we do gets like like oh my god, it's like scary. It's like I have another theory, but I'm gonna leave that for another conversation. Just about the industry and all that shit. There you go. 
you know, you've been working at this for about a decade. You know, like it's been five years since you started like officially dropping projects. The thing I love about this project is that it feels so like, like it really does feel like definitive. Like this is who we are. You can't tell us who we are. You can't tell us, you know, like what it means to be black. Like we're black. Like we do this. This is our shit. What do you feel is the biggest difference between y'all as artists when you first start making music together, even before you start recording it and dropping projects? Like back when y'all first started making music together, the biggest difference between you then and now? All the ingredients were always there. So it was just knowing how to put it together. So that's the biggest difference is just like knowing what to do with the ingredients. Cause like we were always this good as hard as it sounds like whatever you see right now, it's kind of what it's always been. And like what we've been capable of. It just literally was just like being able to use other people's ingredients. Cause like, that's the one thing we didn't have for a long time. There's a song we have called Coke song. That is probably the best written song that it never got recorded properly. We might, might do it one day, but that was like one of those, like, Oh my God. Cause it's always been there. It's just like, sometimes you need help. And we were just so good to each other that it was like, we, weren't really asking for help and now we don't have to ask for help for me i think even a personal thing now is like i think i've stripped back a lot more than i used to do with like approaching songs sometimes i've learned about like quality over quantity sometimes i think there's a certain time and space to do to put as much as you can especially in like writing verses and shit the more i listen i'm like i've been taking i've just taken a different approach to like listening to music and like just what it means to me and like what i like about the music or like what i like about even artists that inspire me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like it's helped me understand more of the context as I've like done it more. But just looking back on that is just always funny, but it's like, like looking back on old shit. But yeah, even now it's just like, yeah, the, the approach you take to it, it's, it's, it's kind of changed. I see why you are stressed Because you're no contest Fuck 12, I can't confess Drop racks, I'll clean my mess Excuse me while I flex Bad bitch, that's to my left Your bitch bad with bad breath For bags, I do conquest Find bag, then I collect No niggas that love text Like geeks, no every spec Both cheeks, I grab, oh yes It's like I'm grandma, yes PT, rep that till death Get back, I need 10 steps That was Louis Pastel and Felix from Paris, Texas, talking to Fader contributor Dylan Green. Paris, Texas will self-release their new album, Midair, this Friday, July 21. The Fader interview is engineered by Tony Giambroni. The executive producer is Alex Robert Ross, and the associate producer is Raphael Helfand. We'd like to thank Lauten Audio for providing our microphones. You can find them online at lautenaudio.com. And we'd like to thank James Ivey for providing our intro music. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate if you left a five-star rating and review. And keep an eye on thefader.com for essential music news, interviews, and essays. We'll be back soon with another episode of The Fader Interview. Goodbye until then.